hello you guys hello welcome back episode two episode two of perfectionism and romantic <laughs> relationships <laughs> da, da, da. jumping into today's episode today we're discussing chameleon syndrome and dating and just a reminder for those who forgot about chameleon syndrome because we did talk about it in our first series mm-hmm. uh, chameleon syndrome is essentially changing your performance or how you may appear how people perceive you to protect you from danger or what you think danger is and chameleons they have the ability to change this the color of their skin to match their surroundings so they blend in they appear a certain way and they do this to actually protect themselves from danger like literal danger yeah like literal like like hawks i don't know hawks eat chameleons well i was just telling you i was just telling telling anna at work we have these baby ducklings and every spring they're just out at the practice facility where i work anyway and um they have like nine little ducklings but by the end of the summer there's only like three that make it out alive because there's these hawks that like circle around and apparently they just go down there and swoop up a little duckling and eat it for lunch literally so horrible so that's probably why you thought of a hawk that's probably i thought of a hawk because hawks are on my black right now yeah you guys don't know ducks are my one of two favorite animals of all time what's your second one a panda bear oh cute yeah so hawks not (laughs) not a fan um other things that eat chameleons they i guarantee you they're hiding from them yeah they hide from all things that eat them and in perfectionism we do this like a lot of different ways but i think first it's important to identify like why why would we quote unquote like be a chameleon to perceive like what danger like we're not actually gonna die we're not gonna get hurt like what is the danger that we are trying to avoid through being chameleons Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of it is being rejected not being liked Mm -hmm. not being able to control what people think of you Mm -hmm. Um, embarrassed being abandoned Mm -hmm. yeah just a lot of like painful things and i think the human mind is like wired to be afraid of some things to protect us Mm -hmm. and those things that are perceived like danger really aren't actually that dangerous which we're going to dig into a little bit but when we are afraid of these things it will cause us to change how we behave so we avoid these things yeah and i don't think it's necessarily being like two-faced no it's not it i think it's showcasing the version of yourself that you know other people will respond well to yeah so give an example for us um i mean dating apps of course are like a textbook answer for this right like what is a dating app a dating app is for you to showcase your absolute best self to someone Mm -hmm. your best pictures your most clever one-liners now they have (laughs) voice memos on there wait what yeah so you can like sing to someone or just like talk so they know what your voice sounds like oh okay i thought you meant like in a bio (laughs) no they do oh my gosh no they do no in your bio They'll like have a section where like you answer questions, you Whoa. post photos and it's like there you could put a voice memo in there if you want. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like dating apps, of course, right? Are a place where you, you showcase a version of yourself that you know is acceptable to you because it's your best self. And then that's what you display and showcase to the, everyone else. Um, and not to say dating apps are bad. They're not bad. But that can be very uh, paralleled to how we act all the time right we Mm -hmm. we make ourselves look the way that we know other people will like um and again that's not and and i don't want to say that's wrong either because like for example if you're in a professional business setting you want to act professionally and so that's not it's not bad to 
to cater yourself to different situations. Of course, people are all going to act different when they're with their friends, their family at work, etc. But where it gets deeper is when you are really like you're, you're only showcasing who you are to people because you want them to like you. Yeah. You and know? it's not even like, it, I think what it is too, is it's not like all of who you are. It's just parts that like you are picking and choosing, but you're not letting yourself actually be seen. Yeah. And of course, you know, you don't want to open yourself up to everyone. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Like, cause that, I mean, you know, there are parts of yourself that you should keep until someone's earned your trust. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one, th- one thing I thought of, um, is a friend of mine from high school who is really good at freestyle rapping. Like he's so good at it. And, um, we were just driving with a group of friends and some other people were just trying to like freestyle or whatever. But perfectionism sometimes doesn't let you try something new unless you can do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So I remember I I was like trying with them and everything. And it was back then when I was like less actually, it was funny because I like thought less what people care to me a little bit then as I've gotten older, I've started to care more, but now I'm getting a little bit better. Don't worry. (laughs) Anyway, I just remember being like, I don't even want to try because I can't do it perfectly. So I'll just come up with like something else or like i'll rehearse something in my mind right now like do you know what i'm saying but we just take those things to a different level where it's like you are only gonna show what you're comfortable showing and you're not gonna like let there be any room for error or uncertainty Mm -hmm. or something you didn't plan for that's where it is yeah because you lose control you lose the sense of control totally what it is that's totally what it is yeah you articulated that very well it's not necessarily showing all of yourself all the time but it's being okay showing parts of yourself that you're not completely confident in Mm -hmm. right like what you just said that you're not completely rehearsed in yeah because we have to detach from that again that like perceived danger yeah it's letting go of that because you can still act professional in a professional setting and not talk about maybe something you wouldn't in a professional setting like what you did over the weekend or family drama or maybe politics like Mm -hmm. I don't know you might avoid things that seem unprofessional because you're simply trying to be professional but not because you're afraid of how people will see you you're not afraid of like being embarrassed like you're detaching from that danger yep and you can still be genuine to yourself you know yep 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 which comes up all the time in dating right like that comes up all the time in dating, especially on first dates yes because you want to impress them (laughs) and it's okay to want to impress them it's okay to want to you know try to establish a connection that you're wanting and to do that in a way that requires you to you know cater yourself a little bit but but i like what you said where we don't let ourselves be uncomfortable we don't let ourselves have a lack of control and often when you don't have control is usually when the best connections are made Mm -hmm. yeah so i uh wanted to share an example anna and i actually went on a double date together yeah we did and i didn't know the gentleman that took me on the date and she didn't know her date Mm -hmm. but anna and my date knew each other so it was kind of like this setup situation yeah anyway and i was so proud of myself because something i historically struggle with is like when i have an opinion that might be contrary to the opinion of the group like i don't share it but i've been i've been doing that I've been like letting go kind of what of what people think of me. So in this situation, we were talking about films, about movies. And the movie Tenet came up. Freaking and Tenet. <laughs> and like I do not like the movie Tenet. I did not think it was a great movie. I could give you 100 years wow, 100 reasons why. <laughs> Maybe not that many, but like I have reasons. And one of my peeves is when people are like 
oh, then you just didn't understand it. It was just a. It was just you. too like complicated for you. <laughs> like Christopher Nolan really is a super like complicated director and blah blah blah. I was just like, okay, like then you explain it. Okay, anyway, I'm I'm veering is, off from the date. With, no, but when you were like, well, then you explain it. They never can. No, that's like when you're like, okay, then explain it to me. The person's like, well, it's just that Christopher Nolan's like just like a genius, and that's all. <laughs> it's that's like all true, but anyway, it like the points were irrelevant but i to like i instead of being agreeable i chose to like bring up something that actually like i don't agree with you i didn't like it and like that's okay i didn't i wasn't afraid of what they would think of me after saying i didn't like the movie tenant you know Mm -hmm. i wasn't like oh my gosh what is he gonna think of me yeah like what if what if he won't what if he thinks i'm coming on too strong what if he thinks blah 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 like thinks you're too much or not enough or, or not enough yeah. or like what if he thinks my opinion's dumb yeah or what if he questions me about my opinion and i don't know what to say like i didn't think any of that you can just say it and mm-hmm. i know that is such a minor like example but it was one of the first ones that came to my mind because i didn't care what they thought and that doesn't mean i don't care about them as people oh yes like you can you can let go of like what they think of you and still care about them them. yeah but also still share your genuine opinion yeah and the reason again the reason that we don't share our opinions is because if we take it back to being a chameleon right when a chameleon isn't blending in with what's around it it is putting itself in danger of potentially being attacked or eaten and so um and so like if we you know take that in this instance by alicia saying like oh i actually didn't like that movie she's not blending in right like she's not going with the flow she's not going on with what's happening um and that danger that she's opening up herself up to is kind of what she just talked about where they think that that really at the root of it is just that they'll think less of or differently of you like that's what perfectionists are so afraid of especially in dating like i don't want them to think differently of me i don't want them to think less of me and so i'm going to do whatever i need to do to maintain this opinion that usually i know that they'll like that i know that they'll like and usually that first that 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 opinion is uh curated from a first impression that perfectionists have perfected Mm -hmm. because we are really good at meeting people and getting them to like us like yeah because we've done it so many times and because that's usually a a pain point for people just when you're starting off as a human is like (laughs) meeting people and getting them to like you right even since we're little kids and so if you're a perfectionist you've perfected that and so it's maintaining that first impression and not wanting to let go of that Mm -hmm. yeah um one of my favorite television shows is survivor and the first winner of survivor is a white gay male his name's richard hatch And if you don't know Survivor, basically you just want a bunch of people to like you so that you can like vote them off of the island, but also they vote for you to win like a million dollars. So they need to like you, but you also need to be strategic and deceptive a little bit. Anyway, Richard Hatch talked about his, he was, um, what did he say? He said that his identity as a gay man in like corporate America helped him win Survivor because he learned how to be a chameleon, basically. Whoa. He's like, I've learned how to tailor myself to people so I know that they'll like me. Whoa. And I can be like, I know how to like put myself out there enough where it's like, oh, he's he's like this and that and he can control them in a way that they think they know him. But he's like, they don't really know me. I just am so good at hiding who I really am. and this was way back in what like in 2000 the year 2000 so like the workplace still wasn't very friendly to lgbtq people Mm -hmm. and so he had to learn how to like hide that part of himself to still be liked 
And I love that because that touches on this point where the reason we, one of the reasons we do this is because if you're putting a version of yourself that you know someone will like, even if it stems from real parts of you, if that version gets rejected, that hurts way less than who you are really getting rejected. Mm -hmm. It puts distance there, right? Where it's like, I'm going to like throw this thing, you know, this person's way. And if they don't like it, it's not going to hurt as bad. Whereas having them super up close and rejecting you hurts way way more yeah so that plays a ton and ton in dating because even i mean even like before i was more assertive with things like this like it even be something as simple as i i here's okay here's the thing (laughs) what what is it here is the thing i cannot stand going on dates to mini golf and arcades cannot stand it if i'm dating someone then yeah it's fine but i even then like i just don't like it like not my jam and for the longest time i mean i'm in provo utah what else do you do on a date for the longest time people would say like you know guys would ask me i'll be like oh we're gonna go to the arcade and i literally wouldn't just be like okay cool i'd be like oh my gosh i love arcades like i can't (laughs) wait and inside she's like i hate arcades. i'm like i hate arcades i hate him i hate today like not really but i would just go along with it because Cause yeah. And it's these silly things, right? Where it's like, Kate, if someone were going to think less of me because I don't like an arcade, do I even want to go out with them? But if you're a perfectionist, you're not caring about that. All you're caring about is that they think well of you Mm -hmm. at all times. Yeah. And this is, it's so funny because chameleon syndrome, no matter how good you are or how bad you are at it is not like there's, there's consequences long-term. And we date people because we want to find a connection, like a, a romantic connection, an emotional connection, an intellectual connection to this mm-hmm. person. And if you're not bringing your authentic self to the table, then that connection is only going to go so far. Yep. And Brene Brown says that perfectionism prevents you from being seen. She relates it to like that shield that you're holding, right? That you're holding up and holding up that shield constantly is like exhausting. That's not something you can sustain. So perfectionism and chameleon syndrome is actually preventing you from the very thing that you want, but it is uncomfortable to like get there. Yeah. And that's okay. Totally. Um, And I think like when you, when you do start being more authentic, even if someone, let's pretend, even if someone does change their opinion about you and they reject you you feel hurt you might feel embarrassed abandoned xyz whatever after you are your true self you don't want that connection anyway yes right like if i were going back to that date, if i were on that date and i brought up that i did not like tenet and they were like oh seriously like this is not gonna work this is a deal breaker i'm like oh great like thank you for saying that i'm so glad i said that so that we don't have to waste each other's time yeah thanks for weeding yourself out yeah like perfect and no knock on anyone because yeah. and it's fine like that would be so funny if that actually happened you could imagine? you imagine maybe it has i bet there's some tenant fanatic out there who that well is, honestly like if someone said they didn't like survivor and not only they like they that they didn't like it but they hated it i would be like oh this is not gonna work no that'd be a deal breaker for like you it's for that sure. it's survivors like half of my personality yeah at this point no it is it's great but anyway like even if you are let's pretend the thing you're actually afraid of really does happen Mm -hmm. then you didn't want that connection yes so it's good yes because the thing about perfectionism generally perfectionism doesn't let you specialize in anything right it doesn't let you if you're really good at being a friend 
then it's like, great, keep being really good at being a friend. But then you also need to be good at giving advice. You also need to be a good sister. You also need to be good everything, right? Like it doesn't let you lean into what you're good at. And that goes the same for relationships. It doesn't let you lean into and narrow in on certain relationships that you find more meaningful and valuable. You have to have a good standing, meaningful relationship with everyone. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're a failure. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. Um, and that's the same, right, with within dating, right? We want everyone to like us. We want everyone to maintain a good opinion of us. And perfectionism, like, that's that's what it wants. It doesn't want you to be able to to get your tribe, I guess, right? Like, I, I always, my ideal scenario with people in my life is I just want whoever's around me, whether it's a million people or five, whoever it is, I want to be obsessed with them and I want them to be obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. romantically or not but especially romantically yeah right of course like i don't want anyone who's lukewarm right it's like they're like i like her yeah she's fine i'm like (laughs) like she's cool you're fine to leave like i don't (laughs) like we can be done you know like we don't have to keep doing this so um and and perfectionism doesn't like that right because it attaches that failed relationship or not perfect she's doing quotes by the way yeah quote unquote failed failed sorry i tried so hard to voice act that failed you probably did but i just wanted to be sure i'm glad that you did that failed relationship (laughs) um as it attaches it to your worth and your identity and suddenly Mm -hmm. there's something wrong or undesirable or whatever about you and here's the thing everyone has undesirable things about them Mm -hmm. everyone does and on the flip side of that everyone has lovable things about them but just because something is lovable about you doesn't mean that it will automatically be loved yes and the thing is too in romantic relationships you cannot like pick and choose the parts you love about someone like you have to love all of that person Mm -hmm. the good and the bad Mm -hmm. you can't be like oh i mean i love this part so much we'll just ignore this part over here and I, you know, just want to share like a little bit about my divorce. Yeah. I think one consequence of getting married young is that people don't really know who they are and they're trying to like figure themselves out. And um, my my ex-husband ended up deciding that he didn't believe the same faith as me. Right. And we mm-hmm. wanted to like leave this faith and figure out his own thing and um, his own spiritual journey and whatever. And um and I think one one thing that we had discussed through like the separation is he had known this for a long time, but was like afraid to share this. Right. Because that is terrifying to share. Yeah, no, it's scary. Like it's a it's a big deal. And there were things about myself, too, that I probably held back and didn't bring fully to the table. But when you're so afraid of what that person would say, you might not want to say anything. Mm-hmm. But then, like, eventually it has to come out because then both people would be unhappy, right? Like, I wanted my ex-husband to go and live his life and find, like, that spiritual journey he's looking for, what might ring more true to him. And I want to find, like, what's true to me. Mm-hmm. And if he, imagine if he, like, never said that and just, like, kept being a chameleon. That'd be so miserable for him. For him and for, both, for of both of us. you, yeah. Right? And that definitely not fair to him, definitely not fair to me. But... I like sometimes I told Anna I'm like this is the evidence of like a long-term repercussion of chameleon syndrome yes is you know relationships don't work out and the more like upfront you are and the more you know yourself which is something we're going to dig into Mm -hmm. then the more authentic you can be Mm -hmm. and the more like you'll you'll be less afraid of that hurt rejection and embarrassment because you're okay like yeah you're okay on your own but Anyway, yeah, 
uh there was something else i was gonna say um oh so i talked to eli before this episode and i asked him about chameleon syndrome and his thoughts because eli is like arguably one of the best people i know about just being himself yeah like just truly being himself like around every like he doesn't change who he is based Mm -hmm. on who he's with Mm -hmm. which like obviously that's the opposite of a chameleon so i kind of asked him like how do you do this like what are your thoughts on this and blah 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 so he said one it's just like a, a lot of a confidence thing like being confident in who he is and being well aware of his strengths and his weaknesses and being comfortable with those things the second thing that he said that was interesting is nothing is more important than putting your true self first Oh, I like, like that. putting your that your true self first. Nothing is more important to him than that because how miserable like would that be? Mm-hmm. Like he talked about how sad that would be, and then he said that it would be stressful to continue to like just pe- please people and not be true to him because that's not serving anybody besides the person that like thinks that they like you but they don't even know you. But they don't. Even, yeah, it's literally doing a disservice to them too. Yeah, but like mostly to you, and I love yeah. that. It's like putting, just putting like yourself first in that way and that really is such a healthy thing to do and to not compromise who you are Mm -hmm. or who you want to be or what your goals are to please anyone else because at the end of the day it's not their life it's yours yep yep and that's the thing is that when you act that way people's opinions of you will change they just will Mm -hmm. like because that's when you're not focused on people pleasing you're gonna people displease right like you're gonna you're gonna displease people and that's okay not even just okay that's great Mm -hmm. that is fantastic because then you're able to really again narrow down on those relationships where you have an actual true connection with them and often when you get a connection like that that's so unique right like i feel like humans can all connect on some level with each other because we're humans right we have we have enough shared experiences as human beings that we can all connect on something but enable in order to be able to find those really deep unique once in a lifetime connections you have to be okay with some other people's opinions changing of you because in order to find those important connections you have to weed out the non-important ones yeah and the people who will leave yeah oh totally and i think um one thing that anna and i have talked about in our definition about connectionism is that perfectionism does reward you but like at what at what cost is it rewarding you because sure people will think highly of you they might have this really shiny like image of you but you're not truly connected to them like Mm -hmm. is that relationship actually rewarding like I think of all the people I tried to please in like school or even like presentations or speeches or whatever I gave just to like receive praise like the people that did say like wow that's so amazing like you were so incredible you're so blah 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 whatever they said like I don't have a connection with them Mm, but I got praise which was cool which like fuels a lot of perfectionism but like the really the relationships that you might risk um you might risk losing that image with Mm -hmm. that that's like that's gonna be okay and one of my dear friends when I found out that they had bipolar that's a really like sensitive thing to them it didn't shatter my perfect image of them and they thought it would yeah they thought it totally would but if anything it actually made me feel more connected to them and made me realize like that they were more human in a way and I could Mm -hmm. relate to them 
more is this the same yeah our mutual mm-hmm. friend yeah mm-hmm. when they told us this it literally just gave me another layer of them to love yeah it just gave me more of them totally. to love even though it wasn't pretty or flashy or put together or whatever um it actually increased our the three of us like our emotional intimacy with each other it was awesome mm-hmm. it was awesome and emotional intimacy is one of the rewards of connectionism mm-hmm I'm just itching to talk about connectionism today. I know we're gonna like, get keep there. I'm so excited. Um, one of my one of our like favorite videos of Will Smith. We still love him, even though he did something wrong on because national guess television. What? We're not all perfect. We no. all have flawed moments, and we're not our flaws. One of our favorite motivational videos is from Will Smith, pre slapping someone on television (laughs) but we love him just as much afterwards yes (laughs) because you are not your flaws no and people are not all or nothing yep anyway he talks about skydiving and we actually play it in somewhere in our first series but anyway he says that leading up to skydiving he was just like terrified couldn't eat breakfast couldn't really sleep felt so sick like all the way there but then when he finally got to the point of jumping out of the plane he felt like bliss And he says that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. Wild. Like, when he's actually falling through the sky, he's Mm -hmm. not as afraid as he was riding up in the plane. Mm -hmm. Which, Mm -hmm. the danger is, like, reverse, you know? So, I think when you're in a situation where you might perceive a lot of danger and you might be super worried about pain and judgment and rejection... Those can actually be moments of points, I guess, of minimum fear and true connection. Mm-hmm. I know with a lot of my closest relationships today, whether that's my family or Eli or Anna or friends, like I have opened up to them in certain ways and it can be uncomfortable. It can be a little bit scary, but as you get into it, you can, the relationship will either flourish or you can realize this isn't a good relationship for me and that's okay. Yeah, totally. Totally. Because if you think about it, I mean, skydiving, yeah, you have a parachute. But if you want to talk about a lack of control, skydiving, I think, is one of the most... um, Skydiving is one of the environments where you have the least control. You're literally falling through the sky. Like, and yeah, you have a parachute that you can pull, blah, blah, blah. But until that parachute's pulled, you uh, you have nothing to hold on to. You have nothing. You can, you're just falling to your death. <laughs> um, and so, and, and again, he says, he's like, and at that point where the danger was the highest, the fear was the lowest, and it was bliss. I love that he calls mm-hmm. that it was bliss. And I think all of us can relate to that, that when we have these deep connections and we have these ama- amazing moments with people, it feels blissful. But think about everything you had to do to get to that point. You had to open yourself up. You had to be vulnerable. You had to be uncomfortable, unsteady, unsure. You had to show parts of yourself that you hadn't rehearsed before, right? Mm. And you get to show that to someone and it's blissful, right? It can be. It can be blissful when it's reciprocated and it's the right person. Yeah, because I do want to say like I have had extremely painful situations when the shoot does not um deploy (laughs) and you land flat on your face like i mean i'm gonna have an episode about divorce like in this um series but we had some serious the most like some of the most vulnerable conversations and you know what it ended in pain i had never felt before Mm. but like i i'm good 
like I recovered You're like flourishing. it's so much and it's not even like oh I recovered like I'm okay like I'm so happy yeah. I'm so so happy yeah and I think like in the pain that you feel when you do open up and it doesn't go the way that you plan it gives you first of all more practice to do so mm-hmm. and you have to like show a lot of compassion to yourself because however bad the conversation went or whatever you're gonna go home and it's just gonna be you and you need to be like your support and your rock your own best friend in that way like so if it fails or doesn't go well I guess I should say then it gives you practice you learn that that relationship isn't great for you or great right now or great right now yeah or has room to grow Mm -hmm. whatever it might be but either way you learn Mm -hmm. and I think I may have said this in the last episode but my therapist joe said in relationships whatever point they're at whether you're married whether you're just meeting whether you're dating you're engaged whatever um we should focus less on the outcome of the relationship and more on the experience and the wisdom we're gaining in the moment and through that relationship and the knowledge you're gaining about yourself too so whether it's the first date whether it's whatever like focus on the experience of that thing instead of how is this going to end what is the outcome and then i think you can i mean circling back to will smith then you can enjoy like that free fall right yep. you can enjoy the fall through the air and not worry about anything else totally 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 which leads us to our favorite part of the episode connectionism Connectionism. which we love i love it we love connectionism because it's right it's the opposite of perfectionism it's leaning into these moments where you're unsure and i think we in our definitions in the past we've talked about how um connectionism requires dark moments for you to connect with someone and we've since kind of changed that it's not just dark moments it's vulnerable moments because we've talked about this positive emotions can be vulnerable too so it's leaning into these uncertain vulnerable moments to increase emotional intimacy and something we had just talked about a few minutes ago is how uh, perfectionism doesn't let you specialize, right? And there's that saying, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. I love that saying. That is a perfectionist's mutual bio. Like that is like <laughs> all you need to know about them is they are jack of all trades. They can fit in any situation, handle any moment, or at least they think they can or want to be able to, but they haven't specialized or mastered any certain thing, including any certain relationships. Um, and so you want to lean into those connections that are real and strong Mm -hmm. because jack of all trades, like you could have 1000 relationships with people, but master none of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like none of them are actually deep. Yeah. And someone commented on, we have an Instagram if you didn't know, and (laughs) we, we post affirmations every Monday that we love. And someone commented after our affirmations yesterday or today, and he's like, dang, well then why am I still single? And I don't know this man. I don't know why he's single. But I think some of us are wondering that, right? We're like, why are we single? Like, why can't I get a relationship? And that's part of it is because you're not willing. That might be part of it, right? There's so many reasons relationships don't work out and dating doesn't work out. I would know. But that might be part of it where you're not willing to go there with someone because it's scary and terrifying because it is. Um, And so then you have all of these shallow relationships, right? And you never get into a solid, healthy, good, deep relationship because perfectionism won't let you because it's because mm-hmm. you're out of control in those moments and it won't even go there mm-hmm. you know and so the value of honest connections is much deeper than the chameleon connections every yes. time hands down every single hands time. down so i was talking to um, a friend and i asked him i was like would you rather walk into a room and have everyone in the room immediately like you 
or have a few people in the room who are just obsessed with you and he didn't even hesitate he was like oh i'd rather have everyone like me for sure like hands down like i don't care um and not to say there's anything inherently like wrong with that but i think that is a very yeah, perfectionist mindset right oh, everyone wants to be liked mm-hmm. right and that'd be awesome that'd be awesome to walk into a room but if for me if it was either or where i could either have everyone like me or a few people obsessed with me i'd choose the other one right yeah. i would choose those connections where they know me and they stuck around yeah totally and i think when i think the power of a um real authentic genuine connection is that all of the people know you your good and not so good sides mm-hmm. or the parts that you like and the parts you may not like and they still choose to be with you they still choose to be your friend they still choose to be your partner mm-hmm. they like and i mean with familial it's different but in terms of romantic relationships it's a choice to mm-hmm. love them it's a choice to stay and if you are sheltering like genuine parts of yourself or like hiding them then you're also doing them a disservice because they can't choose to like love all of you if you don't show it so i would totally choose having some people love me and know me than everyone liking me and anna and i were kind of teasing about this because we were like um we already do know what it's like to walk into a room and have everyone like (laughs) because we've been chameleons forever (laughs) and mastered the craft and that's also like a total joke we're like there's totally people who don't aware like that people that that there are people who do not like us yeah. and that's that's fine it, just kidding <laughs> like i'm i'm totally fine. okay with that no just kidding um but another quote that Brene brown has shoot i'll actually have to find it really quick but it's basically about i'm not even gonna worth hold on oh you're good while you're looking that up i actually i love it. where you said um before you were like you don't have to like you can't cherry pick what you love about someone. You have to love everything about them. Mm-hmm. And I think also with what you just said, it's not even necessarily that like you have to love everything about the person you're with. Cause they're like, you just said, there are p- things about that person you're going to like really not like sometimes hate, right? Even if, if it's something little, like how they chew their gum to something major, like they can't communicate with you, right? Like there's going to be things, but you can't choose like how you'd said earlier to ignore those parts of them. You have to acknowledge those parts of them. And you love them as a whole person. Um, Because I I worry someone's going to hear that and be like, oh, if my relationship is bad and there's things about this person I don't like, I just need to learn to love it and stay in it. Obviously, don't do that. Obviously, use your discretion. But if you've, you know, if there's someone in your life that you've chosen to be with and you want to be with them and you know that, you you have to accept the dark and light parts of of them and, and love them as a person and not break them into this black and white thinking, right? Of like, oh, there's this part I don't like about you. So I'm going to put that over here and compartmentalize you. Because no, no one wants to be compartmentalized by someone. Exactly. Um, thank you yeah. for adding on to that. While I was just looking for her quote, I was like, I'm not even going to pretend to like Have summarize it because I will butcher it. <laughs> so, um, okay. She says... I don't have the, the full, I couldn't find the full thing, but so just before this, it's basically like running from your true self is exhausting. Okay. Something Mm -hmm. to that sentiment. And then she says, only when we are brave enough to explore the darkness, will we discover the infinite power of our light. And this leads into kind of connectionism with yourself in a way. And that's being able to accept the dark parts of yourself that you maybe struggle with. And that way, um, 
you know, you won't be afraid of showing them as much. You'll be able to be more authentic with people. And then in romantic relationships, they will be able to appreciate maybe those flaws that you have. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example of like a dark, a flaw or a mistake or a shortcoming or a quirk that I have that I've accepted. Alicia's like, I just can't think of anything. I'm like, but it's really hard. <laughs> no, but one that I've like accepted because one I have is I'm like the worst procrastinator. Mm. I'm really bad. And I think part of that might be because I need to get diagnosed with like ADHD or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. <laughs> I'm like, put add to my to-do list. But um, no, one one is that I can be like really sensitive. I'm a I can be a very like sensitive person and I can take things personally too in in like a romantic relationship so like for example um earlier today like I I struggle some like responding to text messages too and I'm very detached from my phone and um I know this like hurts people sometimes because I don't respond for a long time Mm -hmm. um and so this has been like brought to my attention that when I don't respond to people for a while or whatever it might be, like they feel ignored, they feel forgotten or whatever. And sometimes I'll take that very, I would take that feedback personally and be like, I am a bad person. Yep. They don't like me. Yep. They think I am this, this and that. When in reality, they're just sharing like, hey, I feel this way like and I need this. Need. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just sharing, sharing a need, which is totally fine. But my sensitive ah uh, takes it personal. <laughs> right but but my sensitivity also makes me a very compassionate person Mm -hmm. a very empathetic person Mm -hmm. and I'm super forgiving yeah and I can't I don't think I can be those positive things without also the negative side of being sensitive sometimes yes 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 yes. it's like I'm a sensitive person and people love that about me but hey this is also a, a downfall of being sensitive yep and it's something I'm working on is being less taking things less personal because things aren't always about me and people arenren't attacking me you know yeah it's two-edged sword did that make sense edged sword yes double-edged sword but this is is. something i've had to learn about myself through like a lot of therapy through obviously going Mm -hmm. through something Mm -hmm. hard like divorce i learned a lot about my sensitivity through that and just spending time with myself and taking time to get to know myself and like journal or whatever to learn more about my flaws and my mistakes and shortcomings and I start to appreciate them too yeah yep I love that I really hope that made sense no it totally made sense totally made sense and I really I always um there's a word I keep wanting to say and I don't know if it's right it's like the verb form of an analogy analyze <laughs> that's oh word. and that and analogize I don't know what it would be but I want to like <laughs> compare I, this to <laughs> yes I always want to compare this to like someone this is a whole, like this is uh this really reduces dating down to to the bane of Provo, which is sales. But um, I always think of it as like a salesman who's going door to door, right? And the best salesmen are the ones who know their products intimately and are confident in them, right? When you're confident in something, what that means is that you are confident, you are sure, you are secure in what that product or that thing will do, and you also just as well are aware of intimately aware of the downfalls of that product and why the good parts of that product outweigh the de- like why they're worth still buying that product right you're confident in what you're selling and so much of dating 
I hate to make it seem like this, but so much of dating is us selling ourselves to someone, right? Like, or selling someone onto us, right? Where we're like, no, like, <laughs> trust me, like, I'm the shiz, right? Sounds it's like, like prostitution. I know that sounds really Sell horrible. Yourself. Please don't take it that way. But like, it, it it's being the the whole basis of being confident is knowing what you have to work with. And knowing it well enough and getting to know yourself enough that when someone else wants to be part of the picture, you're confident enough in what you've got that you're like, oh yeah, come on in. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can handle this. I can handle you. You can handle me because I know what I'm working with. Um, And so that's, that's a huge part of it. And everything that you just talked about, Alicia, journaling, taking yourself on dates, getting to know yourself, going to fetching therapy, like (laughs) just, just getting to know who you are Mm -hmm. and being okay, being so happy and exhilarated about the good parts of yourself and then getting to know the dark parts of yourself and i love how you talked about how you wouldn't have the light parts some of them without the dark parts yeah i wouldn't seeing the virtues in yourself that are existent because of the vices yeah like we can't cut them in half and choose to hide half of them yeah because they're so intertwined yes like our identities and our brains as human people like it's so it's obviously like all connected yep and um Oh my gosh, what was I just going to say? What was she going to say? Um, I think, I guess I'll just say, like, being your own, being comfortable with who you are and being comfortable with yourself is so relieving. Um, And, sorry, I feel like I've brought up divorce a lot in this one because I think chameleon syndrome related a lot to my it situation. It role, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I got to a point through my separation and divorce process where I could confidently say to myself, even if I never found someone again, I could be happy. Mm-hmm. Like I could be, and it's not even like I would just settle for happiness. Like I would be happy because I have me mm-hmm. and I like, I love me a lot. Of, I love a lot of things about myself. I have family, I have friends. Like I'm, I'm learning about myself and becoming more comfortable with just who I am on my own. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to like desperately sell the product of who I am to someone else to feel successful. Yeah. And we've talked about a quote before. It's an Abraham Lincoln quote where he says, I don't like that man. I must get to know him better. And you can apply that to yourself. Right. I think actually one of our listeners actually pointed that out to us. I I can't remember, but I know you little golden children. I don't know what that was, but, um, but basically saying like, I don't like myself. I must get to know myself better. Because when you get to know yourself better, because I think it's so often, oh, it drives you crazy. People are like, you just need to love yourself. You just need to like be yourself and like love yourself. And I, I always like growing up, I was like, okay, but literally how? Like, I'm like, literally, how do I do it? And they're like, just do it. Like, just love yourself. And I'm like, okay. And you really do get to love yourself by getting to know yourself. And the reason people don't like themselves or a big reason they don't like themselves is because they're afraid to confront the things about themselves that they're uncomfortable with. Those things about themselves that they're not totally sold on and that they don't have a lot of control over, whether it's physical stuff personality traits past history trauma whatever it is and because they're afraid to approach that they'll never be able to embrace that and so they're always that as as unconfident as they are with it in within themselves they're even less confident when it comes to other people being in the picture exactly before we jump into our takeaways i just wanted to read one more time the definition of connectionism that anna and i wrote together yes connectionism is the belief that moments of pain vulnerability and uncertainty hint hint what chameleon syndrome is afraid of what perfectionism is afraid of are opportunities for increased relational intimacy that can only be created by embracing imperfect moments without judgment or shame so perfectionism deems very scary 
the things that are actually necessary for connection. Yep. Yep. That kind of rhymed and I didn't even mean it to. You're a poet. I am a freestyle rapper. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> it's come full circle. I love it. Well, with that, we will go into some takeaways. Will you sing it, though? Takeaways. Oh, my gosh, Anna. You angel. I should quit my day job. <laughs> you should. <laughs> too bad you're too busy running Crumble ah, no. into success. I'm too successful. No, <laughs> she not is. All. Not at all. Okay, and number one is to catch yourself when you are being a chameleon. The first step is just honestly try to identify it. And don't even worry about changing the behavior yet. Just identify it. And then with time, I think you'll recognize it more and change yep be more true to yourself yep you don't even have to do change everything right now Mm -hmm. right you can just notice it number two is the safety of being a chameleon is not worth what you are risking and what you are hiding from is risky but it's not as risky as never being seen Mm -hmm. lastly get to know yourself wow okay lastly getting to know yourself is rewarding pain effort and discomfort Mm mm-hmm but it's rewarding, girl. Just love yourself. We love you. Thank you for listening. Follow us on socials. We've yes. got an Instagram at Popping Perfectionism. We love hearing from you. Mm-hmm. So feel free to DM us. Um, write a review. Yeah, if you guys write a review, it'd be awesome. It yeah. helps us so Please. much on our end. Literally it takes it. four seconds. It would be awesome. Even if you hate us. Maybe don't if you hate <laughs> us. But <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alicia. My name is Anna. And this is Popping, Popping Perfectionism. Perfectionism.